It's episode 988, and it's a relevant podcast, not in Orlando, here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from a room elsewhere in this house, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Paris, France, relevant senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Bonjour. And from a very scary cabin in the mountains of Colorado, <laughs> she looks like she might get murdered on the Zoom picture, downtown Emily Brown. <laughs> Hey y'all, <laughs> Emily. It, I'm not gonna lie. The way that it's framed and the lighting, which I don't know what time zone you're in, but appears to be like the, the, the darker side of the night. I know. Yeah. 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 It, it, you look like the, you're recording this Zoom from inside the Blair Witch Project. That's right. right now. Came to mind immediately. Yes, it's a dated <laughs> reference, but I feel like it's it's the only accurate it. way to describe Emily's setup right now. I think I, I just am in like a weird spot in this house. Like the window is like right in front of me. And so I think the lighting, you cannot see anything, but like, wow, even my hand disappears. It is yeah. really dark in here. I didn't realize yeah. that. Um, I mean, right here, I'm right in the light. Emily, but why, Emily, why is there a little girl over your shoulder yeah. right now? <laughs> it looks like you're hosting a D&D &D tournament in your home. Like and it's, the camera's just pivoting. Who is that pale person in colonial dress over your right shoulder? You know, I've been seeing them too. I keep trying to talk and they don't talk back. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, look yeah. at us with our, our summer vacations. I mean, like, I mean, True. Paris and yep. Airbnb yeah, in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cohen and I road tripped up uh, the East Coast to come visit the Carries here in Virginia. It's been lovely. And I took them on a thrilling adventure yesterday, guys. Well, I took oh, yeah? Cameron and Cohen. Uh, and this is how you know you're getting older in life, too. And just values change. We went to a nautical museum and toured a real battleship yesterday. That was our recreational fun. And I have no shame in that because it was an awesome battleship. Jesse yeah, showed was. me oh. super cool. historic Norfolk, Virginia, with the ships yep. and the navy and the history. And then we went to an arcade. And then we went, you know, I mean, like we just kind of yeah. did everything. We went to a dinner beachside with like the fresh seafood, and it was Listen, great. It sounds Listen, great. The sounds great. the the battleship was was a real thrill for the kids too. Cohen even after he said he I heard him I overheard him as we're walking on the streets of Norfolk. He is that I was surprised by how not boring that was. That is a win in my book. That is That's a, a win. huge compliment. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I can tell he's like that he, what he was most excited about too, which I found this I found this interesting. You know, we, we got to tour this retired battleship, which served our country dutifully from World War One up until the Gulf War conflict. It was Cohen was very excited that the that for some reason that this battleship had a jail within like the Cameron and Cohen and Noah got lost basically exploring the bowels of it this ship. It, it, it was it was like a thousand degrees yesterday and this thing's made of metal. So it's just a big floating oven. So I came up for some air. And they got lost down there, and Cohen somehow found an active jail, jail. at the bottom of this battleship. It was really creepy. It's and, true. There's and, like six cells. Like, who? What do you have to wait, do? Active. Not active, like current, but I mean, like, okay. for when the ship. <laughs> so the ship was decommissioned in like 92. So it was outfitted in the 80s with Tomahawk missiles. So if you recall the famous, I mean, this is again data reference, but the first night of the siege of Baghdad at the beginning of the Gulf War and whatever that was, 89, there was like very famous news footage of just like bombs exploding over Baghdad, hence the outcast song, Bombs Over Baghdad, right? 
99% of those bombs came from this ship sitting in the Persian Gulf shooting Tomahawk missiles into Baghdad, right? So this is the ship we were exploring, the USS Wisconsin. And sure enough, deep in the bowels of the ship, we came upon a jail. And I'm kind of going, like, who was this jail for? Was it a crew member that got rowdy? Was it... Like a drunk tank type thing. Well, Is that well, what you're it? thinking? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. See, it was like we... full on Barney Five, Andy Griffith, jail, <laughs> bar cells. That was crazy. I'll say this. The, the best theory that we had was, you know, maybe if there was theft on the boat, though I can't remember if it was Noah or Cohen suggested the other crime that would in that you would end up in a jail in the bottom of a battleship. And this is what Noah and Cohen, I think, determined. If you snuck a squid on board. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why they both seemed Contraband. like a pretty solid. Like a squid. I agree. I agree. I mean, they, they've seen both pretty should, a, get locked of a up, solid bond. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Did, now, this is, I feel like we're going, this is interesting because between the World War II references, Outcast, mm-hmm. Andrew Griffith, and Barney Fife, this really, we really kind of are, and maybe this is just what happens when dads get together. Like, you know, if you guys <laughs> yeah. are just, the, the, the references, I've, Emily looks lost completely. I mean, she's already lost because she's in the, the middle Gulf of a haunted War. cabin. <laughs> I know about this World War II you speak of. I need to learn about that, but... There was a first one? Yeah. Okay, things I learned about battle or Navy battleships, okay? So, one, down down here, two two decks down, where a lot of the... We saw the barbershop, of course. There's a barbershop, sure. Uh-huh. We saw a 24-hour ice cream store, they have they had twenty four seven soda fountain ice cream going for morale for the troops. Listen, yeah. they had a twenty four seven donut shop that had the Krispy Kreme conveyor belt with donuts just twenty four hours a day for the crew, like nonstop. Like you just pop in, Look, get a donut, get ice eat. cream. Yeah, sailors got to eat. You know, I mean, it's yeah. boring out there. Okay, how do you think, how do you think like, you'd feel when you got back from from war and everybody's, you know, they're they're like kissing in the streets. There's fireworks. We won, and everybody's like, you know, I had, I had to take out five Nazis with my bare hands, or or <laughs> they they had me behind enemy lines. The plane went down. I fought my way back. I had left no man behind. One guy's like, well, you know. You needed a midnight donut. I was always, I was, I was ready twenty four seven. We never let the donuts. That conveyor belt was always moving. Okay. <laughs> They're value you service. You're like, yeah, I've, like, can you stand honor the troops? You know, thank you for your service. What did you do? Sure. Well, I served in the navy. What did you do? I ran the donut shop. Like, donut. I just doesn't yeah. have Listen, the same hey, hey. warrior connotation. Yeah, well, someone's <laughs> got to do it. Okay, and I'll tell you this: there's no small parts. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. The army yeah. needs the. I, if you are out there and if you served our country and if you're part of that and if your if your role was keeping the donuts and ice cream going the entire time we salute you we are grateful for you yeah. you are you are part of what makes this makes us a great service. country thank you for your service and listen, you should have seen the guns on this this boat, right? Yeah. The last thing you need is a bunch of hangry sailors <laughs> with that kind of, with a finger on trigger, or like a hair trigger, you know? Get some donuts in these guys. That's let true. them just, just, you know, let them think through this. We don't need anyone getting hangry out there. We already are locking up half of them for sneaking squids on board, okay? <laughs> they've already done their time. They, they, they've, they've done their time in the brig, okay? <laughs> They've committed a squid crime, okay? It's not going to happen again. Get them a donut. 
Pat him on the back. All right, back to work, guys. It's that simple. <laughs> I, that, that was my big takeaway from from our tour, Cameron. Jesse, I didn't realize we had calamari for dinner. We we that's that's we what did. you should do we with did. the squid <laughs> defendants. You <laughs> just slice it up and serve it to the troops. Yeah, I mean, it's, they got the donut conveyor belt. Just fry deep. They got deep fry batter. They're making donuts <laughs> on something. Throw the squid right, into the donut right. machine. See what happens. See what, how bad could it be? All right. We have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Echo Smith. Uh, you know them. They're the cool kids. Wait, or are they not the cool kids? I'm trying to remember the lyric. They wish they could be like them. They wanted to be like the they cool kids. Yeah. Yeah. Want to be cool kids. Echo Smith. Coming up later. We also have uh, your feedback at the end of the show. And stay tuned right now. Tyler will bring us the buzz. Need to push sometimes. Don't panic under the slump. Hardest be the hardest on themselves, soft in your heart. Get it going, can't get help if you don't even start. Really, no rules to it all. Learning as we go. Don't you be fooled by the draw. Everything that shine ain't gold. No quit, pick me up. You sustain. I can't get enough It makes me wanna see Ain't no such thing as better days Better days You're listening to Papa Ra the song his message Better days uh, don't confuse that with Papa Troll Papa Ra is an indie band Season 4 of The Chosen is in theaters now and the reviews that count are in Amazing did not disappoint Flurry of emotions it was powerful heartbreaking uplifting you have got to come and see it it is a message for everybody i highly recommend that you come out and see the chosen season four episodes one through three of the chosen season four are in theaters till february 14th so visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now that's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today okay it's time for relevant buzz All right, Tyler, what's going on this week? All right, so have you guys, and th- this is something, uh, <laughs> I'm curious about this. Did you guys, have you guys ever felt, or do you think, when you think like, man, things are getting more expensive. Like yesterday when you took the boys, when you took, when you took Cohen and Noah out for a little, for a little spin, you're like, this is just more expensive than it should be, or more expensive than it used to be. Was that a thought that, that crosses your mind as, as people who are, all of us on some level on vacation right now? Usually when I buy contraband squid. I mean, we're talking five, <laughs> five you steal six, that. seven dollars. Yeah, okay. you, seven you got a squid. No, seven yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we I, I paid 11 and I spent two hours in the break yesterday. So it's, I mean, everything's all out of whack is the answer to your question, Tyler. I, you know, I, you pull up to a drive-thru now and all the menu prices have stickers uh-huh. over them. So it's just uh-huh. like, oh, yeah. gee, thanks. And, yeah. and it gets, yeah. and you blame, obviously, you obviously blame inflation on this and, and inflation is a real thing that is happening. And that is a, that is a, that is to be blamed for a lot of this. But there's this interesting study from the hustle about American pastimes, about the, about the great American pastimes. They looked at three things specifically, going to the movies, uh, going to a ball game, going to a baseball game, and going to Disney World. And they found that the prices of those things are not only going up, they're going up way out of way out of sync with actual inflation prices. So for example, the uh, like just going to, uh, to uh, taking a family of four to the movies, we're talking tickets, we're talking concession, all that stuff, and et cetera. 
2022, that comes out to about $68.73. Now, in 1960, that would have cost $34.15, and that's adjusted for inflation. So over, over twice as expensive to go to the movies now as it was back then, adjusted for inflation. Same story with the baseball game. On average, they found that a family of four pays a little over $200. Take, obviously, concessions as well, and the big cost there is for parking. And uh, in the in 1960, that cost $102.23 adjusted for inflation. So you can't really blame inflation for all of these rising prices. In some cases, you just have to blame people found out that we're willing to pay for this stuff. When Americans go out, they'll inch up the prices a little bit. People are kind of like, eh, I guess it's a little more expensive now, and they just keep buying it. Uh, so the inflation is to be expected, but what's happening here as well that is an issue, our paychecks just aren't going up commensurate. Wages just aren't rising commensurate with the rising cost of living in the US. And, and that's not something that you hear talk that's easy to blame inflation. It's a little harder to talk about things like the wage gap and how many people are still poor, even though they're working, you know, one, maybe two full-time jobs in their households. Now, the last one, like I said, is Disney. And it won't surprise you, Disney, by far, the thing that has gotten the most expensive. Believe it or not, in 1960, the total cost for four tickets, two adults, two children, a one-night hotel stay and parking to go to Disney World was was $359.96. Of, and that's with inflation. In 2022, well over $1,000 to do that as well. So it's uh, almost three times as much. I went to Disney recently. Parking was three hundred nineteen dollars for the <laughs> afternoon. It's yeah, I can't believe it. It's no, this it, it really is like obviously you know I think for most people it's milk and groceries and sure. stuff where we're or gas right where you're kind of seeing the direct impact. But it is super expensive to do anything with your family these days that isn't like go to a park or go to the beach or something like mm -hmm. everything is almost prohibitively expensive. I don't know. Disney's always packed. And that's always like I've, I've kind of wondered, too. I mean, is it just one of those things where I guess people just save forever to have the Disney experience? Because everything there just seems preposterously expensive, uh, inflation aside. Well, the thing that, you know, I live in Orlando, so the thing, the local media reports on Disney a lot, 35,000 employees in the city. I mean, it's a big employer. And so... The thing that's interesting is that Disney is always selling. It's always sold out. It's always sold out. Like it's like they can't. How do you make money as a big for-profit corporation? You raise revenue. You raise profits, right? So if you're selling out all the time, you know, and like, how do you raise profits? Well, they got a new CEO, Bob Chapek or Popcheck or whatever his name is. A right. couple like a year and a year and a half ago. So he's coming in, and investors are like, okay, how are you going to make us more money? Well, you've got this product that's sold out all the time. Well, he found ways. He took away free stuff, like the free like line reservation thing. Well, now you have to pay for it. He found like he just rate, he nickel and dimed everything. So like Disney fans are livid and hate this new CEO. Investors love this new CEO sure. because he found a way to take an expensive thing and make it even more expensive. Has nothing to do with inflation. Has everything to do with shareholder returns. And so like if you look at these major organizations like even AMC movie theaters and stuff like that, how are they going to make their shareholders happy and help their stock price not be a joke? We're going to raise revenue, we're going to increase our popcorn prices, we're going to increase ticket prices. I mean, they're just going to that's what they have to do cuz you're going to go to the movie, you want to see the new Top Gun, you're going to pay what it costs. 
You know? Yeah. So like if it's $20 or if it's $28, you're going to still pay the $28. So they're finding ways to just nickel and dime raise stuff. So everybody just keeps doing what they were doing anyway. They just cost more money. My question is, what are you cutting out of your budget to absorb these price increases? Yeah. What's mm-hmm. getting left behind? Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that when inflation is in the news, that's an easy thing to blame it on. Like, ah, that darn inflation guys. Sorry. We have to, but you, yeah. people don't really check the facts on that. Cause it makes sense. It stands to reason that it would be like that. But, uh, but it's also the case that, well, for example, the hustle also did this chart that said, uh, back in 1960, 13.5 hours of work, 0.5 hours of work would be enough to cover your entire, uh, your entire time, your day at Disney World. Uh, in 2022, 26.1 hours of work, a 96% increase from that time just to cover that, uh, a family of four at Disney World. And at some point you have to ask, like, kind of like you're saying, Jesse, like a day at the beach can be free. Uh, depending on how you do it (laughs) or how close you are or, you know, or people have parks here and stuff like that. So, you know, there's ways to do it, but for a lot of people in Orlando, as, as, uh, as you guys know, well, Disney world is it like, it's the dream come true. And they, they save up a lot of money for a long time to make it happen. Yeah. My, but my question is like, what are they not doing to save up that money? I don't know. know? That's it's a good question. Oh, well, you know what? Giving is down at churches. People aren't tithing as much. Maybe they're saving <laughs> tithe money for Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people are having to get creative with their money. Like, or, I mean, so to be honest, I went to Disney World for like the first time uh, a month ago and I had to just shamelessly ask someone I knew to help out. Like they work for Disney and I had to not feel bad about asking them to help me out because like I knew that they could help get me in and like which not everyone has that connection but it's like you have to get really creative because it's like i want to go but i don't want to spend you know all week working for one day at disney kind Emily, of thing and so you could everybody could have that connection if you just shared his phone number here with our uh-huh. listening audience yes. yeah, I, I have to okay, everyone jot to, this down it's right <laughs> <laughs> it got desperate i had to sneak in in a tigger costume uh, last time i you know i I fashioned it myself and snuck through the gates and just ran into the. You park. could kind of do it. You know. in Disney jail for the next four days. Was, yeah, I, I. Yeah, it's. I mean, trust thinking me, about you think like, a battleship jail is bad. You should spend a, <laughs> spend an afternoon in Disney jail. There oh, ain't yeah. no donuts down there. I'll tell you that. Air conditioned Disney jail. You could reverse right. Shawshank it and sneak your way into Disney jail, bust out, and then you're actually in the park. It'd be the cheapest possible way to probably do it. <laughs> No one try this at home. This is not good not advice. Recommend it, but, but it would be free. It's how, I feel like you just like outlined the plot of like a zany family comedy <laughs> of like a father. He has to get his family to Disney. Inflation's through the roof. Okay, he just got he just got laid off, but he's going to sneak into Disney via Disney jail and then stage an escape for him and his family. I'm watching that movie. Okay, I feel like if Adam that's, Sandler starring in this as well. Jailbreak everybody in Disney jail. It's not just his family. Well, it's the found family they all become family in there and then oh, they take over disney classic World. disney's gonna it, love it this. literally yeah that's that's a perfect new disney uh, i mean netflix adam sandler <laughs> movie i mean he, he puts out like five a year so i mean Dude. i think they're just they have a there's an open call for concepts for adam sandler netflix movies so they're probably going to use this emily do y'all just get discouraged when you hear this price stuff like it's just like man Life is just getting so expensive. Yeah. Well, yeah, I went shopping yesterday in Denver and I bought a pair of sunglasses because that was like the only thing I could justify buying because there were other things I wanted. But I was like, I'm not going to pay this much money for something that is not worth 
in my mind, not worth as much money, you know? And so that was frustrating. It's like, I just, I feel like I'm window shopping and it's like, I work a full-time job. I shouldn't be that concerned with like how much I'm spending. I mean, you know, you have to be smart about it, but it's just like, I had to like really justify, like, is this worth spending this much money on it? And it just is not as fun when you don't well, get to spend your money you, freely. You decided to alter your budget so you could afford the sunglasses. You decided to stay at the Blair Witch Project cabin <laughs> in the mountains. Yes. So that's the trade-off. You either have a nice yeah. place to stay or you stay in a satanic haunted yeah. cabin. I haven't had a single good night's sleep. So <laughs> did, you get, did you get the sunglasses from They Live so you can actually see the ghosts around you? Because I would recommend it. <laughs> like night goggles? <laughs> Look, I, I don't like that I, I cut corn and now I'm staying at a, a, a cheap haunted place where likely it will steal my soul before the end of the trip. But these designer Ray-Bans, I mean, they're polarized, guys. Can you put a price on that? You die, you, you die, you, you die looking good. Yeah. <laughs> Bury me in these sunglasses. Yeah. Look, I am concerned that I woke up with strange scratch marks all up and down my arm last night, but you should see what I look like in these Wait, sunglasses. I do have a scratch mark on my neck. I don't know where I got it from. I do. A tick. I do. It's a tick. You have Lyme disease. Mulder and Scully no, like, from like the X Files roll up one. and they're like, "We had, we had, it's terrible. There's a ghost homicide in Colorado. We, I, I, we had, there's one victim. She was awesome. She looks very cool. She, she looks fantastic. She was, she was wearing sunglasses. sunglasses. Were, were you should super see the cool. sunglasses we found her in. <laughs> she yeah. was, was, was worth it. Very cool. What, what else do you have, Tyler? Um, didn't want to bring this story. This is this is a, something that's a little bit of a cause for a concern. Uh, and this doesn't happen. I've, I'm only starting to learn a little bit about the mechanics behind something like this. But when you picture a butterfly, what you're picturing is probably the monarch butterfly. It's the butterfly that's orange and black. But the you know what I'm talking about, monarch butterflies. Yeah. Last week got added to the endangered species list officially uh, by the International Union for the Conservation of Nature. Now they don't take these steps lightly. It takes a lot of green, a lot of red tape, a lot of bureaucracy to get an animal species added to the endangered species list. But in this case, uh, it was very serious and dramatic steps have to be taken to repopulate the world with monarch butterflies. It's a little difficult to get numbers. Uh, scientists believe the population of monarch butterflies in North America has declined between somewhere between 22 and 72 percent over the last decade that that they call that a free fall um in the eastern u.s which was their primary habitat teeming with monarch butterflies as recently as the 90s the population has fallen between 85 and 95 percent over the last 25 years or so so we're seeing we're talking about a huge depletion even from the you know you can probably remember when you were kids seeing videos of the butterfly migration which is a thousand miles from mexico to the u.s uh this is the longest insect migration that scientists know about and now it's just dwindled down to to very very few very sparse lots of reasons for it and uh, and lots of steps now being taken to fix it but it is actually something that scientists are asking for people to help out in that there's things we can do we we who live in the u.s can take some steps to help repopulate monarch butterflies if for people who are concerned what? about it like give us those steps the so the big so the big one you maybe have you heard of this thing the creating like a bee friendly yard where you plant uh you plant like flowering plants that bees can collect pollen from to help repopulate the honeybee situation same thing can happen with butterflies you can plant what's called a because a grassy yard or big yards that are just green grass they look nice for a butterfly that's basically a desert there's nothing for them to land on there's nothing for them to eat so when they're flying over the u.s and in increasingly industrialized urbanized u.s they're not seeing anything for them to stop and eat 
They eat this thing that's called, uh, it's called milkweed. Uh, it doesn't actually have any milk in it. It's a very pretty flowering plant. It would be like, it would look nice in anybody's garden. And uh, researchers are saying anybody who wants to, you can plant a bunch of milkweed in your yard, in your garden, in your, and if you have a flower pot, flowering bed, put it out there. It all, not only looks nice, but you might get a bunch of butterflies as well during the time when they migrate. That would be nice I just too. Googled milkweed and all the pictures show butterflies on the milkweed. Yeah. It's their favorite, I guess. It's just their candy. It'd be yeah, yeah. So that's a neat, it's a little, it's a little thing, but that would be a weird one. The, the monarch butterfly would be a weird one to lose. You know, it'd be one of those. That, it'd be hard to imagine a world without them. But right now, if something doesn't change, that is the world we are looking at. Do do okay. I mean, again, God's creation. I'm all for keeping everything thriving. But my question is, you know, when they talk about the bees going extinct or dying off like mm -hmm. the ramification on the global food supply is catastrophic is there any ecological or dietary because i know they spread pollen and stuff so is there anything that like they're they're foreboding like it's gonna if you don't have the pollination of the monarch migration it'll turn america into a desert or something i mean it's it's interesting you asked that because i did look into that a little bit and apparently that's a very soft science like the the thing is it's hard to say because uh, we just don't know, know oh, right yeah, 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 there's yeah. it's all you can do a lot of hypothetical guesswork on it now there you know like for example one speculation is bats eat a lot of butterflies so during the butterfly migration you see a lot of bats so maybe we should kill and the bats is that a problem do people want bats yeah what's the problem yeah and then it's like if you take bats out of the equation then what happens you know there's just the ripple effect can be really really hard to chart uh, but but that's why yeah, you don't want to test. You don't want to see what happens. Like that whole time travel uh -huh. scenario. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, we need to get Ashton Kutcher on have to this. find a new name for it. Yeah. <laughs> clearly, clearly this is an Ashton Kutcher issue. If, if, yeah. We need the butterflies like two. You know what it feels like? We need to get Nicolas Cage, like a Nicolas Cage film where he saves America, the world from butterfly extinction like an ecological yeah. like an ecological, you ecological steal the monarch but, butterflies. But, but don't you kind of feel like that would you like in concept like it would just be him making a butterfly friendly yard for two hours <laughs> like if, like the pitch is like it. i need more milkweed like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> let's get milkweed yeah yeah and it's just it's just him you know just planting milkweed planting, yeah yeah doing for, a, for, doing a for, for, situation. yeah just a static shot of nicholas cage working no in real it's time. him identifying who or what is killing off all the butterflies and he understands because he's a scientist in this movie he understands the importance of the mutter butterflies and he realizes that it's an intentional thing from this evil genius who's trying to th overthrow national governments or something like that and he's gonna take down the butterflies mm -hmm. and so he goes mm -hmm. on a quest as a scientist to stop the evil guy with his bats because the guy is obviously training bats to kill the, the butterflies uh -huh. and he's gonna take uh -huh. him out that's where it becomes this a thriller Mm -hmm. We're coming up with a lot of great movie like ideas this. for Hollywood. This is, this is, yeah, this is a, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a, this, is a, this, is a, this is an easy one. So what was the first so it starts one? Starts out. Is the first one the family breaking into <laughs> Disney jail to break out? Reverse Shawshank. Reverse Shawshank. Yeah, Disney jail. Yeah, But that's out of the Disney jail. You said. See, yeah. I see. That's a Nicholas Cage a one different too. Different audience. I think it's a Nicholas Cage one too. I think a lot of actors could be in the Disney jailbreak one. Yeah, but I don't. But I I like Sandler. Okay. Or he's on he's on the upswing right now. He's got he's hot. 
He's hot right now. He's got the uncut gems thing, so he got could bring hustle. a lot of dramatic heft to it. Uh-huh. So you're yeah, thinking yeah, this yeah. is more, this isn't zany Adam Sandler breaking in and out of Disney jail to save a dime for his family. You're thinking this is dark, gritty, like <laughs> Safty Brothers Adam Sandler, where this is actually a metaphor for the death of the American dream, is what you're telling me, Tyler. Actually, I think actually we we're going to do this. We're going to do this Meet the Crump style. Adam Sandler <laughs> plays both a gr- his gritty self and his comedic self, and they're both trying to get their their twin brothers they've been estranged over time live very different lives they've both got families now they both got to get into disney they do it together both roles played by adam sandler maybe the wives and children also played by adam sandler we haven't we got to see what that i don't know if that's a budget thing in a movie where he played his own sister at one point isn't that the plot of an adam sandler film jack and jill yeah Yeah. jack and jill this has been done yeah he's Uh listen if you could just hypothetically name the absurd plot of a movie it's likely already an adam sandler movie so i i don't you know yeah that's the one trick yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) all right that'll do it for relevant buzz make sure to follow relevant for all the latest we're publishing every day every weekday over at relevantmagazine.com and follow us on all the socials uh to not miss a thing all right, stay tuned up next. Echo Smith joins us. A whole generation lost with no promise. Can you feel my love? Do you know my pain? It's in my head every night. I replay a deadly game for a natural You're listening to Highly Suspect. The song is Natural Born Killer. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guests today are Sydney and Noah from Echo Smith. You know them. Uh, you know, they're the siblings behind songs like Bright and Cool Kids. They sat down with our very own downtown Emily Brown to talk about how they've grown as artists and adults over the years, how they're finding their own sound, and why they're not afraid to let their faith guide their futures. Here's our conversation with Echo Smith. I'm excited to talk to you about your new music that is coming out. Um, what can fans kind of expect from the new music and maybe the new sound? Um, we honestly, I mean, we never really stopped writing music, um, you know, just in general. When we're in between albums, we're always trying to make sure that we're staying creative. So, you know, even after COVID hit, we were um you know, writing songs and trying to figure out what we wanted to do musically um, and what the next step was. And there was definitely some trial and error involved, um, as always, when you're trying to discover your new sound and what you even 
want to talk about, not just what you want to sound like. And it honestly happened in one day where it was lots of prep work, but one day on a hot August day, um, we were at one of our home studios in LA and we started this song and we were like, wait, that came out really naturally. And that feels really good. And it kind of just happened, which doesn't always happen. And we listened back the next day and we we're like, wait, I think this is the direction. And that song that we made that day was hang around. So it is just mm. so fitting that that's the first song to come out. So, I mean, people can just expect, I mean, it just feels like this is who we always were kind of meant to be musically. Um, and we've kind of given ourselves permission to, just sound how we want to sound without, you know, worrying about too many logistics or what other people are going to think. We really just wanted to make something that felt really true to us and came from our hearts. Um, so yeah, that meant digging into our roots a little bit more musically, um, and getting a little more raw with instruments and, you know, having some more grit in the music, but it also just meant, you know, letting things happen naturally. And, um, letting ourselves just truly see what we wanted to do creatively um, as a band, as opposed to, again, worrying too much about outside opinions. And that's honestly how art should be. So we're just so excited for people to hear this whole new chapter. Um, and I think this is the best song to really set the tone. Is it ever nerve wracking to kind of do something completely different than what you've done before? Yeah. I mean, I think there's always something, there's always some anxiety that's produced from um, venturing into the mystery. And I think so much of the music industry is that it's stepping into the unknown. And I just quote frozen. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> ugh, I don't like myself now. But, no, um, but inspiration. <laughs> yeah, right. The whole album is based off of frozen. Um, no, we're really like, I feel like, we're just, as we like dive deeper and we're growing up too and all that, like we're in our twenties now and we're like diving into that season of life and kind of unpacking our hearts and our feelings and unpacking who we are as people and how we want to present that to the world. And I think that honesty and that vulnerability is really beautiful and it's really good. And I hope that it's like seen through the music and even though it's kind of scary to open yourself up to that um, and to do that in a way that you haven't done before. I hope and pray that it's like actually fruitful and a good thing for our fans, our friends, people listening that like need hope or need that like inspiration or care that music can give. You sprinkle stardust on my pillowcase It's like a moonbeam brushed across my face Nights are good that's the way it should be You make me sing I feel like that's such a relatable thing where, you know, someone kind of recognizes that they maybe need to be honest and vulnerable about something. Uh, but a lot of times people don't really know how to push past that. So, you know, like when you feel that fear, how do you or where do you get the strength to push past that and be honest? You ask my uh, counselor. I was talking to you. <laughs> um, I mean, I really do feel like music is conversation. Music is dialogue. And 
for us, like, again, it goes back to conversation between us. And I think as we've been writing this record, we as like siblings have become way closer. Uh, So I think honestly, just the willingness to say like, here I am, here's what I'm experiencing. Here's where I'm anxious. Here's where I'm excited. Being able to do that, even just like as bandmates. And then for that to be like that, that's where our music is coming from now. And like, I don't think our music has always come from that point. You know, like this isn't, these aren't just conceptual things anymore. Like we just, we want our music to truly like care for souls. That's something that like we talk a lot about and we feel like we can't do that unless we're like truly laying out our burdens. And sometimes it's like a song that is about love and excitement. And sometimes it's a song of lament to God and a prayer that we share and we're angry, you know, or like it's, it can really range, but I do believe that like truthfulness is what we're all called to as human beings, you know, and that mm-hmm. I think is very important for music um, to be truthful and to be honest and to beg when you feel like you need to beg to cry out when you feel like you need to cry out and to like scream when you need to scream or to rejoice when you need to rejoice. I think that like faithfulness to the moment uh, faithfulness to like the, the expression of ourselves, like, cause if we don't do that, we're just going to hold it in. I know what it feels like to hold it in and it's not good, but music really has yeah become this vehicle where you can kind of let it all out joy sorrow everything in between yeah and i think what can kind of be encouraging to anybody no matter you know where they're at what their age is where they work where they live i think it's really important to really try to find your community because that's something for me that like you know i didn't really feel like i could show these certain sides of myself because i didn't really have you know that many great friends that i could actually trust to tell things to so i think it's about also like who you're around and also being intentional with like making those friendships of like putting in the effort, even if that feels like, Oh, I don't want to bug somebody, you know, like putting in the effort to at least have someone in your life that you can open up to about the things that feel even scary to say out loud, but you need to have someone you can trust. Um, but until then too, and even while you have that, like I've gone into journaling and that's been really helpful with just reflecting and realizing things. And, you know, sometimes you don't always have someone you can call in that exact moment, you know, people have different work hours, you know, and it's like really helpful to have like something to, again, put it literally on paper and having people around you that can, you know, even just be a trusting, a trusted ear um, can be really helpful with that. Cause it's, it's scary to open up and you kind of have to like experiment, like, I'm going to tell someone something and like, see how Mm -hmm. it feels. And usually, you know, if it's a good person, like it ends up being a great conversation and you feel, you know, just a little bit relieved afterwards because you had to go to. So that's what I would encourage. And that's something that I've literally seen firsthand for myself. Yeah, they're invincible and she's just in the background. And she says, I wish that I could be like the cool kids Cause all the cool kids, they seem to fit in I wish that I could be like the cool kids Like the cool kids That was Echo Smith. You can read more of that conversation in the summer issue of Relevant. It's available for free. Go check it out at relevantmagazine.com. Click on the magazine tab. It's right there. The summer issue is presented by our friends at World Vision. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback.
listening to Sun Darda. The song is Store Bought Disguise. <laughs> I have a few of those. All right, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, we got talking about how it's so stinking hot right now in Paris and mm. UK. Runways er- were melting. Animals were keeling over dead in the fields. It's just oh tragic. It's horrible. Horrible, Emily. You should be more sensitive. It's just hot everywhere. Butterflies are just evaporating. They're just, dropping out yeah. of the sky. Their yeah. their wings are catching on fire the higher to the sun they get. Just turn into just, steam. Yeah. <laughs> they vaporize. I was walking down the street the other day, a dead on fire butterfly fell on my head. It was the Wait, gross... it's dead and on fire. Yes. It was yeah. terrible. It's still flying. It's happening all over the country. Things are spontaneously combusting, is what I'm saying. It's so oh, hot. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was in the bowels of a ship jail. It was so hot. I'm just the only escape. The, the, the only escape was was in in a ship jail. It's the only cool place. <laughs> Bad situation. And so hot. Yeah, people are sneaking squid, breaking squid rules just to get locked up to get a break from the heat. It's that's getting crazy out there, people. All right. So we asked you what what are you doing this summer to beat the heat? What's your favorite? What's your favorite way to beat the heat this summer? You guys absolutely disappointed us with your lack of creativity. Uh, you hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast and here's some of our favorites there's not many there's not many and there is one i, I just want to point it out because the i wasn't on for this so you requested specifically yeah. creative ways to beat the heat yeah yes. now, levi levi i like you i, I like you levi I, i'm sure you have a, i'm sure you have the soul of a poet and i think it's great in but, fact his his screen name is great levi great <laughs> levi he's a great guy and i this doesn't diminish your greatness at all but ac the one a single a sing, two letters single word response a slash c I don't know if I'd call that a creative solution to beating the heat <laughs> Levi that's a pretty standard what was it Levi let me ask you what was the point of that what was the point of that tweet? wasting your time and ours yeah really. okay I think he just wanted to brag that he had AC yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I, I feel like that's a brag and I was gonna say that, that, that's not much it's of a, a flex it is that's, that doesn't seem like a huge okay. flex well, you know air yeah. conditioned conditioned yeah. air thank you thank you <laughs> Levi uh, yeah. What what stimulating discussion you have teed up for us by your suggestion that people beat the heat by going into cooler Creative air? Here. Yeah, thank you, thank you, <laughs> Lee. Freaking Captain Nemo over here. You know, he's <laughs> probably like a librarian or a scientist. If that to him is yeah. creative, mm-hmm. like just you know, yeah. Right, Maybe yeah. he has a creative AC that we don't know. Okay, about. No Maybe AC stands for something else. Scientists. I'm just saying they're analytical. They're not. Uh, they don't understand the creative. Yeah. That's side as creative as they get. Left you know? right brain. Now thing. Nicole. Nicole, Nicole is thinking. Nicole She's is using her something. noggin here. Yeah, this isn't the, this isn't a bad idea. Stand inside the freezer drawer for five minutes. That's something. That's different. Five that's minutes. A, that takes some ingenuity. That's a long time. Five minutes <laughs> is like a long two, time. That's a couple so melting. And it's like, I know she means just like a regular refrigerator, like a normal freezer door, but I'm also imagining like an industrial kitchen with like, you just go into that freezer sure. and like, uh, uh, in there. And the that is creative. Like Costco. Where you just like go in and it's like frigid. Yeah, yeah I wonder how carrots. many people oh. are at grocery stores just like taking a slow stroll through like the frozen <laughs> yeah. or like grocery section. <laughs> That's how they're beating the heat. That sweaty guy has been in the beer cooler for like 10 minutes now. Oh, yeah. Just browsing. The Wawa beer room. You just go in there and like look like you're looking. Yeah. You yeah. Just, yeah. Which, which by the way, some coldness. that's got to be the most inefficient room in the whole grocery store. Why not just have, you know what I mean? Like how this is the size of the living room that they're keeping it, you know, all, all cold in there. It, that seems inefficient, but it's a good way to beat the heat, I guess. Isaac Medina said frozen eye and muscle wraps. 
That's interesting. So you keep them in the freezer, and then normally it'd be for frozen, aches and pangs and swelling. I don't know what an eye wrap is. I think that's like a spa thing, like a facial thing. Yeah, Emily, tell like, us. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's like a, an eye mask, but yeah, it's like you can freeze it um, and it helps with like puffiness normally. That's what you typically use it for. But apparently you can also can cool, you cool your eyes down if they're really hot. <laughs> well, listen, I, the, the thing about once my eyes get all sweaty, I know the heat's bad. Okay. They just pour <laughs> some, some eye sweat relief. I like Jake. His suggestion for beating the heat is to avoid Boise, Idaho. Jake, I've been avoiding it for a long time. <laughs> Heat wave aside. Duly noted, sir. Yeah, and I'm going to continue that strategy of Boise avoidance. On his recommendation. Yeah. But, Ten yeah. four. Was that even... What, it, the Boise that, Tourism Council is livid right now that he just wrote that yeah. in. <laughs> they are scrambling to figure something out. Boise's pretty far north. How... how how do no? There's I a mean, heat wave in the west right now. That's like pretty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen I've seen some of that. Is it going as far north as Idaho? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was in. I stopped okay. in Salt Lake City a week and a half ago, and it was 113 degrees, and the entire state was on fire. Yeah. I mean, I think of Salt Lake City, mountains, Park City, Utah, being beautiful, snow-capped mountains, and I mean, like the state was on fire. It was so hot. So. Yeah. I want to clarify. I just looked up what the temperature is in Boise right now. It's 81 degrees. Oh, come on. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. All right. uh, well, all right. My now sympathy I'm avoiding is Boise because I'm annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> there are Purely out of crybabies up there. They can't hang around above 74. <laughs> just don't want to this go to Boise. This tweet would have worked so, so good <laughs> if it weren't a reply to us asking how to be the... <laughs> if you had a friend, if you had a friend that just wanted... You're just scrolling Twitter, just checking what's up, and someone... someone that you knew just tweeted avoid Boise, Idaho and with no <laughs> context, with no context, wouldn't you be like, okay, something cool, something, something went down in Boise. Someone I down. need to know there's an interesting story behind it. This is potentially one of the most interesting tweets ever written, but too bad. It's yeah. a reply. But if someone just tweeted avoid yeah. Boise, Idaho, I got to know, unpack that for me. Why are you tweeting that? Call. What happened? I yeah. start making calls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, there's more feedback where that came from. There's equally uninspiring feedback where that came from. If you want to go check out our mentions on Realm Podcast Twitter account. All right. Um, so it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Earlier, we were talking about how just how darn expensive. Sorry for my language, parents. How darn expensive it's getting just to do anything these days. Uh, so we, we, here's what we want. We want your help coming up with creative creative being the optimal word so if you're a scientist or librarian you don't have to answer <laughs> a creative way to pass the time or do things to make memories and have fun on the cheap what yeah. do you do what are you doing this summer to entertain yourself on the cheap and don't just mm -hmm. say stay home and watch tv i'm talking about going out with friends to do make something a make a memory on the cheap what's your creative solution and we're already assuming so you don't need to tweet us we're already assuming you're avoiding boise okay so because yeah. we know <laughs> nothing throws a bucket yeah. of cold water on a fun weekend planned like accidentally passing through boise so it's just given <laughs> that boise also, avoidance, avoiding boise yeah avoiding boise is free yeah we know it's i mean it's good it's it's fun it's free it's easy <laughs> But we need a little more. <laughs> step further. Just one step further. Doesn't it, uh, do you, Tyler, if if 
doesn't it feel like avoiding Boise was like it could have been the name of like an old tooth and nail like emo band? Yeah, from like those, yeah. avoiding Boise. Yeah. yeah, like the indie band, yeah. like on the OC soundtrack yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Avoiding Boise. Oh, that new song from Avoiding Boise, man. Oh, wow. Can make it to the Avoiding Boise show. We were playing poker late last night, and Jesse was regaling us with a playlist, a hand selected playlist of That's all right. early two thousands indie music that uh, he and his wife fell in love oh, with. It's all I do, oh, yeah. man. It's, it's like all I do. Yeah. My, it's my Friday night soundtrack. Like yeah. one, I just get pumping the, the early aughts indie, indie bands. Yeah. It was one thirty in the morning, eating chips and salsa, listening to like a band of horses song. Life just doesn't get any better. And none of us were even close to Boise. And that was the, that was the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> there was no chance. Cherry on top. There was no chance we have any interactions the cherry with Boise, top. too. So that we makes were, a good night. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and tell us your creative ways that you are making memories this summer on the cheap. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Echo Smith for joining us today. Make sure to head over to relevantmagazine.com to see the rest of that conversation in the brand new issue of Relevant. And while you're there, check out the rest of the stuff in the summer issue. We've got conversations with Naomi Rain from Maverick City Music, John Favreau, Rain Wilson, so much more. And it's all available for free, like I mentioned, brought to you by World Vision. And if you haven't already, check out Relevant Plus. Uh, Relevant Plus subscribers actually get an enhanced ad-free version of the magazine. They also get ad-free viewing at the website, unlimited articles, an ad-free and early release version of this podcast, and exclusive uh, subscriber content throughout the year, including another podcast. Go check it out. Plans start as low as two fifty a month, um, and it's the best way to view our content. And make sure one last thing: just make sure that relevantmagazine.com is part of your daily web browsing. It's a great way to stay in the loop. You may have missed a tweet, you may have missed a post that we put out, but if you just look at our website, if you look right there on the homepage, you'll see everything we're talking about every day. It's a great way to keep your finger on the pulse. All right, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Emily Brown. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. It got desperate. I had to sneak in in a Tigger costume. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.